Welcome to Faith and Freedom. We hope to inform, inspire, and encourage you to stand up for faith and freedom as we discuss victories and challenges in the courts, in public policy, and in the culture. Faith and Freedom is brought to you by Liberty Council, a litigation, education, and policy organization. Join us now as we address the latest cultural issues across America and around the world. An historic decision by the United States Supreme Court, 5-4, to four, overturning the 1973 Roe v. Wade and 1992 Planned Parenthood v. Casey abortion decisions. This will have an incredible impact globally and around the country. Now the battle really begins. I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. Joining me on Faith and Freedom to talk about this momentous ruling is Holly Mead. Oh, I mean, Samuel Alito, Justice Samuel Alito wrote the stellar, stellar majority opinion. And uh, they even referred to Liberty Council's amicus brief in the opinion as well. They did. Our case that we, uh, in this case, we filed an amicus brief on behalf of 70,000 African-American and Hispanic churches and millions of people that are represented by them. And on behalf of Christian leaders, uh, including Dr. Alveda King, who is the niece of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., uh, Reverend Samuel uh, Rodriguez, the president of the National Hispanic Christian Leadership Conference, we also represented um, others as well. We represented a Roman Catholic diocese in California that's very, very pro-life, very strong in these issues. The whole point of our brief is that abortion is rooted in eugenics, population control, elimination of certain disfavored races and classes of people, and that it is very racist. It has been designed to eliminate certain races, particularly African-Americans and Hispanics and other minorities. But this decision is an exceptional decision, and Justice Samuel Alito wrote this a majority opinion. It was originally leaked, at least the majority opinion, not the concurring or dissenting opinions, on May the 2nd, uh, and that caused a firestorm. Right. And praise God, that same 5-4 majority to overturn Roe and Casey still stands when it was released on June 24th. Yeah, listen to this from the opinion. He writes, the Constitution makes no reference to abortion, and no such right is protected by any constitutional provision, including the one on which the defenders of Roe and Casey now chiefly rely. Roe was egregiously wrong from the start. Its reasoning was exceptionally weak, and the decision has had damaging consequences. And far from bringing about a national settlement of the abortion issue, Roe and Casey have inflamed debate and deepened division. And might I say, those damaging consequences, 63-something million children that have died. Yeah, uh, unbelievable. And you can't even begin to calculate that. Right. And women have been harmed as well. And you know, and there are some uh, individuals who survived abortion or who were scheduled to be aborted, and for some reason their, their mother changed their mind. These are individuals that are living now. Uh, contributing to society. Some of them are leaders of businesses. Some of those are very uh, highly achieved and accomplished individuals. Who knows what would have been some of these individuals that would have otherwise lived that are among these 63 million right. people. I mean, that's an incredible amount of people. There's about 23 million people in the state of Florida. So if you take the state of Florida and multiply every man, woman, and child in that state, times three. Wow. That's what we're talking about. That's a massive number of people. And that group of people would have generated more people 
In other words, that group of people is just the first generation that's been eliminated. But those people didn't generate any subsequent generations. So the amount of people that have been eliminated through abortion is much greater than 63 million. Right. And you know, Matt, after we've seen this this decision come out and Roe and Casey be overruled, we've really seen the mask come off and see the demonic underlying tones of abortion. You see these women getting out there and, and feeling empowered, like they have a right to kill their children. Even women with children are out there in front of the Supreme Court, you know, protesting. And so it's really tragic to see that. But, you know, the work has just begun. I mean, this has been overturned on a federal basis, but now it's coming back to the states, and that's where our work begins. Yeah, that's where it really begins. And he, the decision, you know, says we end this opinion where we began. Uh, it says that abortion presents a profound moral question. The Constitution does not prohibit the citizens of each state from regulating or prohibiting abortion. Roe and Casey arrogated that authority. We now overrule those decisions and return that authority to the people and their elected representatives. And that's where the battle is now raging. It's waging uh, war in Congress. The Democrat-led House has passed several abortion bills. They're sitting in the United States Senate. Senator Chuck Schumer has vowed to push one of those through to passage. One of those bills has 48 co-sponsors. That's all the Democrats minus two. The two Democrats, uh, there's two Democrats that haven't uh, signed on to that right now. Uh, so it's got 48 co-sponsors. I think there would be 50 Democrats that actually would vote in favor of it. That would be adding Cinema and Manchin. That's your 50. Uh, but you need 60 votes to overcome a filibuster. However, you only need 51 votes to abolish the filibuster. And when you do that, then the Senate becomes like a ping-pong situation. Mm -hmm. It becomes like the House. And the Senate's designed to be more deliberative, to slow things down, so that you don't have this knee-jerk reaction. That's why it has the filibuster rule, and you have to have a greater number of people vote to have debate on a bill. Once you bypass the 60-vote margin to start debating the bill, then it only needs to be passed by 51 votes or a majority. But we have two senators, Collins and Murkowski, that are pro-abortion, that have their own version of a federal bill that would codify Roe. So that would give you 52 votes in the United States Senate without Kamala Harris to codify Roe. The problem is, is would any one of those two combination switch and decide to abolish the filibuster? All it needs is two. And if you have two, then you get your 50. And your 51st vote would then be Kamala Harris to abolish the filibuster. And that would ultimately allow them to pass this abortion bill and force all the states to have abortion again, just like Roe v. Wade. You know, when you think about it, Matt, I mean, each of us are amazing miracles. We're all created in the image of God, the creator of this universe, who knows every hair in our head, every cell in our body. Each of us are created in his image. And it must just make him weep to think these people are fighting for the right to kill his creations. Yeah, it's it's got to make God weep. It's it makes grief. us weep. And certainly yeah. anybody who looks at the realities of abortion and not just the euphemisms that people use for it, 
it makes you weep as well. You're it's, killing a creation of the living God. Yeah, that is a separate DNA. Uh, there's information that I was reading how, you know, the baby, when it's in the mother's womb, the mother has a, a system in her body that does everything to protect that baby, but the baby also generates certain responses to protect the mother as well. Mm. And for example, you have certain things where the mother craves certain things. And the question you have to ask, why does that happen? The pickles and ice cream or something you yeah, mean? Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's certain things that may be that are needed in the diet of right. that body. Right. It's an amazing interaction between the mother and the child during the pregnancy that results in uh, the child helping the mother, the mother helping the child completely unique human being created in the image of God. You know, the scriptures say it quite well that God knitted me in the womb. He knew me before I was even born. He called Jeremiah while he was still in the womb and called him to be a prophet uh, to the land. When Mary went to see her cousin, her baby in the womb leapt for joy. Yeah, the John the Baptist, <laughs> who's in the womb right. of Elizabeth, he leaps in the womb and kicks. What he's doing is he's kicking inside the womb. Because he knew. When he hears the voice of Mary, Knowing who that would she give birth to the Jesus. Messiah, yeah. that has the Messiah. Unbelievable. So there's incredible, just amazing, awe-inspiring information about what happens in the womb. And it is a precious, wonderful gift. Abortion literally attacks that human being creating the image of God, but also the uniqueness and incredible beauty of women and what God designed to be able to carry that new life to term and um, be able to be in that blessed situation to create a new and carry a new generation to life. And that womb should be the safest place on this planet. And abortion is made at one of the most unsafe places but this decision is a great decision. Now the work begins not only in Congress, but in the various states. I encourage you to go to Liberty Council's website, lc.org forward slash life for more information. You've been listening to Faith and Freedom brought to you by Liberty Council. We hope that we have motivated you to stand up for your faith, family, and freedom. Get informed and get involved today. Visit Liberty Council's website at lc.org where you can obtain email alerts and other information to keep you informed and involved. The website again, lc.org. Call us at 407-875-1776.